Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Um, I became aware of drugs uh, really when Martin was in, say, his 20s. Um, he was now he could have been on drugs before that, but that's when I became aware of it. Um, I knew that he was going around with certain people here in town, and I knew that they were um, actually some of them drug dealers. Um, so that's the that was Martin's downfall in the beginning. Now getting involved with these people, Jim, and um, as a lot of people will know because I've spoke about this before, my son was a very vulnerable person. Jim, um, and that's why I went on to write my little poetry book to tell his story, um, as well as the mental health as well that he suffered from. Um, so really, that was basically it. He sort of went from there, and it sort of spiraled out of control. Um, he first overdosed in 2016, um, which he survived from, um, where there was no hope for him but he miraculously recovered from that and um, was left with a small brain injury, short term memory loss and a badly damaged arm Um, he was in hospital for maybe two months so I thought oh well maybe this is his chance now to break free he did for a while Jim, he went into um, the addiction centre um, which was a nightmare to get him into as well Jim, that's another story, it's Geez, I, I really couldn't believe it because I would have known nothing about um, addiction centres and all. And, you know, it was very difficult for me to get him in there. They want you off drugs before you go in. Um, so, look, they took him in and he stayed there for six weeks, um, which he found really, really difficult um, in um, Cunwara he was in. And he came home then and he was fine for a while. You know, he was fine. Um, he went back playing soccer. Um, he, you know, he tried to stay away from these people, but he eventually went back, you know, he went back to the same crowd. Um, moved to my dad's for a few weeks then, and um, because I really, oh, it was a very difficult time for me. Um, my mental health wasn't great from it all, and I was presently waiting for a hip replacement operation myself. So he um, went out one night then, Jim, down to these same people. He came home and my dad found him in the bed the next morning. So that was Martin's life um, gone. Okay, talk to me uh, as a mother and what you were going through when he was drug-taking. Were you angry with him, for instance? Did, did Did you express how you felt to him? Oh, God, I surely did. Me and Martin had many, many arguments. Um, it, it's, it's horrific, really. It's horrific, Jim. My own life wasn't mine anymore, you know, and even relationships. You could not have a relationship if you have some, a son or daughter in addiction. You may forget about relationships because there's only you and your son or daughter who's in addiction. That's so, even if you have other children, you know, it's very, very difficult. And, um, you know, I followed him around. I went out late at night in the lashings rain looking for him. I'd be getting phone calls from people saying, look, Mary Martin is with such and such a person, you know. And, um, you know, I would go out looking for him in the rain by myself. And, you know, it was a terrible, it's terrible, Jim. It's a very, very tough place to be. And, Jim, to be honest with you, there was times that I didn't want to be here myself. I just, I, I, I sort of, you know, is, is, is this the rest of my life now, you know? Well, my life would be sort of, I didn't have a life. But, you know, but 
you know, it's your son or daughter, Jim. You will do anything to help them, anything. So and did, I did did Martin, did Martin acknowledge that he had a problem? Did he express his own feelings to you? He, you know, in the when he started going around with these people, Jim, I used to say to him, you know, Martin, why are you going around with these people? They're drug dealers and some of them are drug addicts. Oh, ma'am, I'll never, I'll never go on drugs, you know. So he... He did sometimes say, you know, ma'am, I think I might go into um, into an addiction centre, which I, I have, he, he had to be the one to say that, Jim, you know. They have to be the one that want to get help. So I was over the moon when he said that to me. I really was. So then I started the, the, the procedure of trying to get him into an addiction centre, which was, oh, my God, it was so difficult, really, really difficult because they won't take anyone in until they are off drugs, Jim. So was he clean when he went into Coonwara? He was. He had to be off drugs for, I'm not really, I can't remember now, it could have been a few weeks. He would go up and get regularly tested. You know, they, I would have to bring him up to the addiction centre. They would test him to see if he's free. Then he would have to go back again next week. So then when he was free, I'm not sure, maybe say four weeks, then they would take him in. Did you so, were you in a position, Mary, to talk to other people to 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 offload, if you like, to share with other people the the anxiety, the the, the dreadful mental anguish that you were going through? Jim, that's one people that know me, Jim. I am a talker. I will talk, Jim, to anyone. So I did. I had great support from my family. Um, I went to counselling. Um, I basically spoke to anyone, Jim anyone who would listen to me. And that's one good thing that I always um, reckon saved me. And my faith, Jim. I've always had great faith, which I got from my dad, Danny Berry. So I, and that keeps me going as well. I've great faith. And um, so I, and now I did struggle. I had my dark days as well. But my main sort of aim was to try and get my son uh, better so he could, you know, have some sort of a normal life, not the life he had. We're, we're, we're pretty sure, as people listen this morning, we're pretty sure that there are parents and guardians out there this morning who are were in a totally different situation that you were in, insofar as they're not able to talk. They're suffering yeah. in silence. There are many, many, I suspect, untold stories this morning of what yeah. parents and guardians are going through. God, Jim, you've hit the nail on the head there. There really are. And I know some of these people, you know, I've been at some of these people's children's funerals and like if they, some of them would have died from addiction, but it was never spoken about. And, um, you know, and it's a, I suppose, Jim, it's a sense of shame that they would feel as well, Jim, because I did feel that sense of shame myself. You know, I mean, when Martin died, he died from a heroin overdose. So, like, you know, and I knew, everybody knew that, like, you know. Um, so it is, but, but for me, Jim, I, like, I didn't mind speaking about how we died. And even in Martin's eulogy in the church, I got the priest to talk about drugs, drug addiction. That's what Martin died from. Um, I, I thought for me, I, I just wanted to try and help other people, especially women. You know, because when I went to my uh, to Corn Market support group, all the people in the support group were women. Their children were addicts. You know, and um, it, it's so for me, Jim. I could talk. 
I will talk to anyone, Jim, anywhere, even a stranger. I don't mind. But for the people that can't talk, Jim, you know, they, they have to talk because they're carrying all that inside them, you know, and they'll never, they'll never be free, like. So the addiction has taken over those people as well, you know, their lives, their mental health. Mental health is so, so important, you know, and people are really suffering with that, Jim, because sometimes mental health and addiction go together, Jim, you know. My son suffered from depression, you know. Um, he was very, very low. He had very, very low self-esteem. Um, he, um, you know, he would folly stones. He was very vulnerable. Even though he was 33, he was like maybe a 15-year-old. Really, Can I ask you, you know? how, how is Mary Berry today? Right, Jim. Well, to be honest with you, Jim, um, I've been to a couple of funerals in the last few weeks. Um, I was at one yesterday. Um, there would have been drug addiction involved in some of these funerals and for me it was like burying Martin all over again Jim I found him very tough now I wouldn't have known some of these people um, but I will always go to the funeral Jim to support their parents and their family you know and for respect out of the person who died you know um, and look at I, I'm a fairly strong person um, Jim um, so I'm, I'm able to do that and you know I will I'll be very upset I'll be upset and sad and that. But I, I, I sort of bounced back then. Plus, Jim, I'm in the process. Um, my poetry book that I had wrote, and I am doing so well with that. What's and it this called? Is really, it's called Healing the Long Road Back. And where is it available? It's available in Red Books in Peter Square, up at Wally O'Brien. But apart from that, Jim, I've posted on books to all the addiction centres, mostly in Ireland. I'm getting my books into GAA clubs now. At the end of the month, I'm going to a meeting with the GAA. So they will be receiving, um, the 49 clubs will receive 10 books each into each club. And these books are free, Jim, because I'm getting sponsored by some businesses in town. So I will get, like, we'll, like practical printers print my books. So they will maybe say, look, Mary, we'll sponsor you for 200 books. So they will send a check to practical printers and they will um, do up books. Okay. My books will be going into schools, colleges, GA, soccer clubs, anywhere, Jim, um, that I can get my book. Because if it saves one person, Jim, if one person reads my book, and it's a very simple simple book with photographs in it as well. There's a photograph in it with my son on life support, which is a horrific photograph, but there is where you could end up if you continue to take drugs. Okay, finally, Mary, we, we were hearing a lot about this uh, drugs unit being disbanded uh, come November. What is your message to the Minister for Justice and the Garda Commissioner this morning? My God, Mr Drew Harris, I believe. Um, I was so shocked and angry when I heard this. I mean... I can't understand how they think that the drug problem is not bad or, you know, they're taking guards off it. It's, Jim, there was 20 million worth of drugs coming through Ross Lair in the last uh, couple of months. 20 million. And it would be more than that probably for the year. There's six in 10 people are addicts in our country. And that was 2022. So I guess it definitely is more now. Wexford is full of drugs, Jim, full of them. I see it myself, as is every other county in Ireland. Um, like, if Mr. Ha Mr. Harris would like to walk in a parent's shoes who have a son or daughter in addiction, or if they've buried their child, 
he should walk in their shoes, Jim, and see what it's like when you look at people. I mean, I see them myself on the town. They are really just out of their heads on drugs. And my heart goes out to them, Jim, you know, because a lot of people, Jim, as well, look on them as scumbags, scumbags. And they are not. These are people's children. You know, these are these are fathers. And that's another thing, Jim. Us parents, we're burying our children, Jim. We're burying our children. And their children, if they have children, they're left without a parent. And And I know so many little children now. Like my son had two daughters. So they were left without their father. And other people's funerals that I've went to, they also had children. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.